The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today, well, it's Justin Mason. You probably already know him. Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Uh, he has a fantastic draft guide out on Amazon right now that you should be definitely purchasing. Also, you've heard his voice everywhere and Sleeper in the Bust, of course. All his fantastic work that he does there daily on Fangraphs. Justin, thanks for being here today, man. Of course. Where, where else would I be on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon but in the loving embrace of my good friend Nick Paul? Oh, man. So I'm excited about this. Uh, yeah, this is the fifth episode of Nick Pollock and Friends. And the whole purpose of this is just to talk to all these fantastic people I know inside of the industry and really not talk about baseball. Uh, I obviously talk about it a lot. So do you. But to me, the purpose of this cast is to really understand what goes into that. What is the journey for everybody? And there are all of these extra things behind the curtain that we make these decisions and why do we make them and how can we be better at it and all that kind of stuff. To me, the whole process and design and management is part of the fun for me. And I wanted to talk to you specifically for so many reasons, obviously. Like I remember getting in and out with you in Arizona at like 2 a.m., something like that. But <laughs> but I, but also because, I mean, you have friends with Fancy Benefit. You know mm-hmm. the that side of it as well. Um, and, but as always, I want to start at the beginning with you, Justin Mason. Where were you born? I was born in Washington, D.C. Really? Yes. And that's where, that's where I grew up. Yeah. I kind of grew up. Yeah. So I, I, I was born, I'm, I'm a twin. I have a twin brother named Josh. Seriously? Um, This is all news to me. This is wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So I've, looks nothing like me. Looks more like Alex than he does. Alex fast than he does me. Get out of here. Um, so that photo of you guys in Arizona is actually you and Josh and not you and Alex. Yes, yes, that is true. Okay. I'll send you a picture later. I'll send oh, you please a, do. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, he's uh he's got like dark curly brown hair, or at least he did before he started losing his hair the way I am. Um <laughs> he is uh shorter than me by about three or four inches and mm, uh do you I, him often? Yes, yes. I weigh him by a good hundred something pounds, uh probably hundred and thirty pounds. Um, hate sports. Uh, <laughs> like uh, he, he roots for Virginia Tech athletics because that's where he went to college. But okay. that's it. Um, yeah, like uh, yeah. Does, just, he li- does he live up to your name and actually like make swords and armor? He does not. He does oh. not. I mean, he you want even further behind the curtain. Mason's not my real last name. 
Oh, that's right. Right. I so, knew this. I, Mason, I knew this. Mason is my father's last name. It's actually my, my, my biological father's last name, but not my last name. Right. And um, would you like to tell everybody? You don't have to. You can keep sure. that a secret. I, no. I, I mean, I think my wife blew the anonymity of it when she she came on Twitter using her married last name, which is my actual last name, mm. which is Salinger. Um go. But when I when I started doing this one, I work in kind of a nonprofit type business. I, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor by trade, and I didn't know if the company I worked for at the time would like the idea of me doing something like this on the side. Of course, yeah. Um, I also have children, and I was afraid uh, that I didn't want like people like being able to go and like Google me and then you know get pictures of my kids or um or you know things like that so i was like okay well my my father's last name was mason i my last name is salinger i'm gonna go with justin mason plus people butcher the last name salinger all the time like salinger yeah i get salinger a lot man i'm sorry Mm -hmm. um and so i thought mason is just simple easy everybody knows how to say it uh and that's why i went that's why i'm justin mason instead of justin salinger my son my son, mm-hmm. Justin. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, uh, so, so using an alias, I mean, that's not uncommon, of course. There's Greg Albright and Rudy Gamble. They both, of course, are aliases at Razzball. And I mean, I'm sure there are days that Alex Fast wishes he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- given all of the things that we've found over the years. Um, and there is, of course, I mean, if you don't know already, there is a, uh, a Brandeis photo of me. I, I, I embrace it now. That is just, oh man, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I, it, it, it's so funny. Like in that moment, making that headshot, like I wasn't thinking like this is going to haunt me forever, but yeah. Oh, see, I don't know about this. Is. This oh, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, Justin, you got a baseball card, right? I did. Uh, yeah. I, did, I, I got your baseball cards too. Is well, that the if you got picture? mine? That's the photo. You know, oh, that's the photo. Okay. Photo. All, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You I got mine too. That's funny. Scott <laughs> sent me yours and Alex's first, and then mm. mine came in the mail a few days later. So oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. And uh, no one say anything. So hush, hush, everyone. But I'm pretty sure there's a Danielle coming at some point. Oh man. Okay. So, so you're saying you're saying that she's not going to listen to this podcast, which is uh, absolutely very... not. She doesn't even <laughs> she doesn't even know I'm on it. She thinks I'm working right now. <laughs> Why do you think I asked you if this is a live stream? Uh, there we go, of course. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, if you didn't know about this, Scott Chu uh, made mm-hmm. baseball cards of Alex and me and Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually didn't tell the staff. He actually sent like many people of the staff and you as well, of course. But we had like a live reveal just for the staff. And as I opened up my package and found that I had an Alex Fast card and Fast had a Nick Pollock card. Oh, man. Fast looks great in his card. Yeah. He looks well, I mean, so he's- good professional actor right you i know? mean but that's like that's all right fast look at that and i'm like he's a, hey he's a good like looking a dude i'm trying not to laugh in it <laughs> as hard as i can like with you know dark shadows on my eye it's horrible it's oh i so mean bad. i i'm in a i'm in a woman's bathing suit with my face on it i, know, so, I mean like i don't but that's the charm Mason. yeah you know that's uh it's my brand right it's oh, uh man, it's a wonderful brand this is mm-hmm. like oh that's so good. I'm like, I'm not myself in my photo. I, I see that and go, that's that's a shell of a man. Uh, but no, that's actually something that, I mean, down the road, I think that would just be such a fun thing to do is like have the industry baseball card collection. Uh, you know what? And here's the thing, like Scott, like, I mean, great idea. Um, I yeah. had the exact same idea. I wanted, I, you know, and I came up with the idea after uh, TGFBI had already started. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to get a baseball card for every single person in TGFBI. Oh, um, man. You know, now that might be super expensive. It's so big now, Justin. It's yeah. Like, what, so many leagues you have? And then yeah, 29 leagues. So 450 yeah. people? Yeah, 435 this year, 29 oh. leagues. So it would it would cost me quite a bit, and I don't make any money from TGFBI. Right, right. So uh, it might be a little bit of a problem, but like it's a great idea. I, I love it. Um, I wonder the, if you can ask people for $5 next year, and you can do cool things with that. I it's something it's something to consider at least, um, but I but yeah if you if you have a, a Justin Mason card if you have an Alex Fast or Nick Pollock bring it to the next first pitch Arizona or uh, first pitch Florida or whatever else we're going to meet um, I will happily sign it <laughs> I'm sure Justin will too there it is <laughs> oh it's so good it, it's it's so good does um does Josh have any of your shirts. No, no. He thinks Why it's not? absolutely ridiculous. Oh my, um, my whole family thinks it's ridiculous. They and they and they it's don't. Danielle. Un- yeah, no, no. Yeah, I mean, okay. Danielle. Uh, I'm talking about like my yeah, yeah, my extended family. family right? yeah. You know, my 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 folks, my my sure. uh, my my siblings and stuff. Um, they they don't realize like that this is now a job for me. Like they mm-hmm. think I'm right. they think I'm just playing fantasy baseball. Oh yeah, um, they, they, my parents for ages. It wasn't until like the last like month or two. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. how's the blog doing? I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's not quite a blog anymore. Like you know, and then, like it took my wife even a while to kind of get on board with like, oh, this is just isn't a hobby anymore, right? Like right. this is you know, this is actually something that's turned into something. Yeah. Um, and I still think at times she thinks of it as like, oh, this is what Justin does with his free time and fun time. Like you sure. know, um. It- well, I mean, on that topic really quickly, um, mm-hmm. something I've heard a lot, and I actually, it's, uh, I know, I don't think you're as uh, into like kind of the whole Twitch and video game esports mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? But to me, I see a lot of similarities with that environment in fantasy baseball just because it's all internet driven. It's all, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's personality entertainment, right? And... One thing that I remember hearing from from a guy that um, in the industry is very much of like, hey, this is how you do the, you know, how you build this stuff, uh, is you hear a common thing of like the piece of advice people get is like, oh, don't do it, you know, don't do it like a treat it like a business. It's for fun. It's your hobby, and that will come out. Which I agree about the authenticity needs to be there. We're like both of us, we genuinely enjoy this, and it's yeah. unbelievably fun. But if you're going about it, not thinking of this like a business, like not taking the time to say, hmm, is this a good detail or not? And am I making the right decisions? If you're not making those choices, just kind of going with it, you're going to stagnate. Like you have to plan. You have to think, okay, what would be best? Observe the other people in the industry you like, like treat it like that and you'll be rewarded for it. Um, instead of just kind of doing the thing and seeing what happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that like for some people, this is a hobby, right? It, right. You know, they're not making money, um, and they are, you know, they're going to do it when it's fun for them and for as long as it's fun for them, and and that's great. Um, but unless you have some amazing talent in terms of fantasy analysis, right? Um, like I would say that like what you have and what like Alex have are amazing talents in terms of the way you guys can dissect pitching. Like I can't do that with any aspect of the fantasy game. Like you guys have a, a natural ability to 
and not to say you haven't worked at it, but like, like if when you first came into it, when I first came into it, like you guys clearly had some sort of advantage, right? I'll say, I'll say one thing about that. I, yes, obviously like being a former pitcher and being involved in Mm -hmm. baseball helped a lot. Um, I, I mean, on fast side, I remember when he sent me that email and he was just like, I've been a player for ages. I don't know these things. And he took the time and learned the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it, I will say, especially right now, considering how saturated the market is, um, it may be very daunting to feel like, how do I get into it? How do I do this? I I think the one element that everyone is overlooking um, and not to say like, not to like, I uh, underrate or undervalue and how everyone else is looking at it. But yes, being right is a very important thing. Putting out really good metrics and numbers is a very, very important thing. You can't just say trash things, but it's at the end of the day, it's an entertainment uh, industry. It is about what, you know, if you're listening to this stuff, yeah, you want to win your leagues and stuff, but you also want to be entertained. You want to have sure. fun with it. And if you are someone that, like, I don't know. I, I feel so lucky that I'm a pair with Alex, who's like the most entertaining person I know. And like that <laughs> that's one of those is that's what, one of those skills, right? Like that's well, right. Like yes. that's a that is a natural talent. You know, for instance, like Scott Bogman and, and Chris Welsh, right? Oh yeah. Like they are two of the most entertaining people you will ever have on a podcast. Absolutely. Love those guys. Like they were born with that, like in, yeah. in some ways. Like, you know, the way that um you know, Alex Chamberlain can do statistics and do the numbers. Like they, he has a talent that I don't possess. Yep. And like, I don't have any, like I, that would be like considered like a carrying tool in fantasy analysis. Right. I sure. don't have any carrying tools. My carrying tool is work ethic. Like, and so like that, well, the I'm only gonna, I'm reason gonna push back. I'm going to push back. I am going to agree in the work ethic. I'm not going to push back on that part, <laughs> but no, I think that you are, entertaining i I mean i i enjoy hearing you talk about stuff but that again that's because of the work ethic go back you can't go back i'll see if i can find episodes one (laughs) through five of friends of fantasy benefits you can't find ours yeah (laughs) well it's it's only because like we switched feeds we bought out the original part owners and um he the one of the guys we bought out was the one who carried the feed we had to start a new feed and Uh stuff like that um but i was awful I was truly atrocious at this. I never wanted to talk in front of a mic. You could, right, I right, could, right. I could always write like writing. I've been writing since forever. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. my job in the army, I was a journalist. Like, um, so like I, I, my writing skills have always been there, but like, I couldn't talk in front of a mic. I couldn't do this, uh, much less get up in front of a stage at like first pitch, Arizona in front of a few hundred people and not my pants. Like, sure. I mean, Oh, you're gonna uh, make me believe something. Oh, now. sorry, sorry. I'm just so used to swearing. That will be uh, my only swear of the podcast. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Got to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but like I like like everything that I have developed in working in the you know working in this industry is because of hard work. And it, if I had just treated it like this was a hobby kind of getting back to like the original right. reason we started having this discussion. Um, I never would have gotten to where I'm at and I wouldn't continue to rise in the way that I hope to continue to rise. Um, so it, it all comes down to what do you want out of this? Some people are okay with, Hey, I just do a podcast and it's fun. If that's what you want. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know, some people are like, well, Justin, you've made it. You, you know, you have, you write daily at fan graphs. You've got, you know, a top tier podcast, you know, you've got other podcasts that are successful. Um, I still am in my office till two or three o'clock every morning. Um, or, you know, yeah, every morning, I guess that every night, um, writing and yeah. researching, um, because I, I don't have like some of the gifts that other people have in the industry. So I have to work twice as hard as other people in the industry. And I'm okay with that. It, it's the sacrifices I've made. I mean, the first five years I did this, I slept two or three hours a night or a day oh, actually. Man. Um, just so I could produce the amount of content to the point where I got better at it. And then people started noticing. Um, And that's not for everyone. And that's okay. Like I would say like the most important thing is to be realistic about what you want, like not be realistic about what you think your ceiling is, because I think we all can't exceed our, our own ideas of what our ceiling are. Like I never thought if you'd asked me six years ago when I started this, um, if I would ever be making money from this much less like doing as well as I am, I thought I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but like, if you have like a realistic, realistic idea of what you want out of it. Okay. Then that gives you an idea of what kind of path you want to be on. Yeah, man. I mean, there are two major things you're saying there that I can't agree more about. Um, yeah, one is, yeah, be honest with what you can do mm-hmm. you know, and what you want to do. Right. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I did this originally. I see it all the time. You know, you see some new Twitter handle that says like the definitive place for fantasy baseball rankings or something. And like, I don't like, no, that no one's going to actually see that and go, Oh, I finally found it. I finally found the definitive rankings. All those other sites, you know, <laughs> that I've been looking at for ages. No, I'm convinced. Right. And be honest with that. You know, I actually will never say anymore, like on our Twitter stuff, or whatever. I don't say the, you know, the defendant, the greatest. I do think Pitchless is the best website, baseball website on the internet. Fine. Biased, of course. But I mean, I recognize that, you know, we don't have a projection system. You know, we don't, it, the, the work that, that Cardi does and, and Gamble and, uh, and Ariel and, and everyone doing these projections are amazing and incredible. Um, and we don't do that. Like, how can I kind of claim to be otherwise, you know, be honest with what you provide and what you do and really take inventory of it. Cool. What can I realistically, realistically do? Uh, it can be very hard. You know, I got, uh, we were talking before and I'm so lucky because I get to do just one thing. Really. I just get to talk about starting pitchers. Everyone else has to do first base, second base, you know, whatever, all this stuff. And all I do, I just need to be great at that thing. I was very lucky to find that niche right away. Um, I didn't care about gifts, and I had this kind of intersection of being a tech nerd and also liking pitching. And like, cool, I can make a gif. And everyone was terrified that of that back in 2013 and 14. Right? I was like, I'll figure this out, no problem. But so that that was fortunate for me, and it can be very hard now. Um, but find you know find something in it and be an expert at it. I truly believe there is so much growth for us still to do as an industry. I'm working on things uh, that I think I've mentioned to you before that I feel next year we will reveal and I think we'll take another step in it. But there's, there, you know, with how much stuff we're getting in now, how much data and information there's, and with how the internet is exploding for opportunity to, to you know, with Twitch, with Patreon, with podcasting, which I mean, we're using StreamYard right now. You know, there's mm-hmm. all this stuff 
Uh, and if you take advantage of it and take the time to really, you know, figure that out, I think there are ways to, you know, be different in the in this industry, especially one that's like, when I came into it, um, I mean, I, I feel like we're part of the young blood still uh, in the industry. And there's, you know, there's opportunity in that regard. Uh, but the, the other thing that you mentioned that I really liked is, yes, work ethic. I still write the SB Roundup, man. I, like... <laughs> That's the only reason why I know these things or, or know some things is that I write about every single starter every day of the year. The list doesn't get made if I'm not writing that roundup. And this year, my schedule is like 11 to 1 a.m. So 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. I'm writing the roundup, go to bed, wake up 7.30, stream 8.30 to 10 to do the podcast in the morning and the, the, the stream pictures uh, uh, article. And then like, and then you know, then I'm doing another stream during the day, or doing the list, or doing these podcasts, or whatever. Like it doesn't just stop. You know, you have to keep up, especially with how saturated the market is. So, you got to be consistent with it, like 100%. If you're focused on it, you gotta, you gotta just keep going with it. It's gonna. I don't know. I don't know when. Like, um, actually, I want to hear this from you. Is so you're saying that you, you did this for like five years. You were saying, yeah, with like writing, and then what kind of changed for you? Well, I, I switched jobs. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, for those who haven't heard, like, kind of like who I am before, uh, you know, what I, I, I worked midnight to 8 a.m. Um, at a, uh, a drug and alcohol detox facility. Right. Uh, and it's the middle of the night. Like, there's not a ton to do. And so, like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to write. I'm going to write. I'm going to research. I'm going to edit my podcast. Sometimes I'd even record a podcast at work. Um, like, I would, like, I would work while I you know, was at my actual job. Yeah. Um, and then I would get off work and typically I would record a podcast as soon as I got home. Um, I would sleep for two or three hours if I was lucky. Um, cause I was also a full-time parent. Like I was the, the right. stay at home parent. Um, uh, because my wife works, you know, nine to five and stuff. And, uh, and then I go to school, uh, full-time as well. I was finishing my degree, um, and so, and then, you know, I, I'd, I'd probably do two or three podcasts a day. I'd probably write two or three articles wow. a day. Um, and you know, sometimes it wasn't great. <laughs> sometimes it was just, I was just producing content, but producing that amount of content makes you better little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, especially podcasts like, uh, and I've been blessed in the time that I've been doing podcasts to have, podcast co-hosts, podcast partners, um, that challenge me so that like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of podcasts out there people listen to and like, Oh, these guys always agree. Like, you know, and there's a place for that. I'm not like, I'm not denigrating that, but I learn through working with someone like Paul Spore through working with people like Matt Thompson and Mike Warner over at friends of fantasy benefits. Um, or whenever I bring a guest on to, you know, one of my three pods, like when I say something and then go, no, that's not right. Like I learn from that because I go, okay, I have to now go back, do the research to make sure what I said was correct. Yeah. Um, or I need to check myself and it gives me a better process for doing research. It gives me, you know, sometimes we, we have biases in our heads and, and oh, yeah. it's easy for me to just go, I like Kevin Gosman because he's Kevin Gosman. I've always liked Kevin Gosman. Wait, do you actually like Kevin Gosman for this year? I do actually. Oh, but man, he's actually one of uh, my busts, but that's fine. I don't like him as much as the market, but we're not talking about baseball. I'm no, just talking not. about process. This is not the po- um, baseball podcast, guys. You know, sorry. And, w- and when I first, 
you know, one of the things you see like with, with new writers, new podcasters is um, they want to be hot take machines. Yeah. Like they want, they yeah. want to say something that is so outlandish that people will pay attention to what they say. And you see it happen on Twitter all the time. You can hear it on podcasts um, and in articles and they're unwilling to admit not just that they are wrong, but the idea that they could be wrong. Sure. Um, and, and I, I did the same type of thing. Like, you know, early on when I started doing this, I quickly learned that I can be wrong. Um, and I quickly learned that it's not even a matter of being right. Like most of the time, it's more of a matter of, you know, having good processes because having a good process means you're going to be right more often than you're wrong, but it also means that you're teachable. And I think being teachable is something that, uh, comes with experience it's definitely something that for me wasn't natural i am uh by nature a person that always feels they are right i have a huge ego uh you know and as much as people how could you not like yeah i mean if you don't feel confident in what you're saying at all then it's just people are going to hear that and it's going to feel not nearly as i don't know entertaining but a lot of times too though that like that when you hear that from people new in the industry, it is a lot of what ego is, which is I'm trying to hide fear. You know, ego is, is, you know, often people trying to hide the fear that's within them. And, you know, now I, I still have a huge ego, but I also have a lot of fear just generally as a person, Um, you know, but the difference is now is I am much more comfortable expressing the fact that I have fear and that I don't know something. And that, you know, we just talked about a few minutes ago, like there are people in the industry that do things that I either can't do or I can't do as well. And I'm okay with that. Like, that's fine. They're resources for me. I learn from people like you and Alex and Alex Chamberlain and Eno Saris and Paul. And, um, and I hope to, you know, I do, I think there are certain aspects of my game that are better than the majority of other analysts. Absolutely. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, I- I'm the best mechanics expert. No, I go to you in. in so, so let's talk right and, now. Um, <laughs> and let's talk about Kevin Gaussman. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I, I'm just like, around. And, <laughs> but but I, th- uh, I think it's healthy to be okay admitting that, right. like, you know, I don't know everything. Like, yeah. it, nobody knows everything. But, like, you know, like, I'm not even going to try to pretend like I do. I like to think that I'm the one that mentions Matthew Boyd and Nick Pavetta the most mm-hmm. um, because obviously that's just, yeah, I, I didn't get those guys right. And that's, you know, why did I do that? You know, I, I constantly go back to meeting Rob Silver for the first time in 2019. Very touching moment when he actually said that he listened and, and liked our stuff and then told me you chase the shiny squirrel too often. Uh, essentially meaning like the one that's so interesting, you're going to go off there as opposed to the thing that are solid and consistent. And he's not wrong in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, success is a product of failures. Um, and that's, you need to fail to succeed, right? So we often, um, I do these interviews every year with people um, in November, essentially when we'd have our big hiring period for pitcher lists. Every year we'd be like, hey guys, we now have 170 staffers. And he goes, wait, how did that happen? It's because essentially we put out the stuff in October and I spend most of November just meeting people one-on-one. I don't do it all through email. I literally schedule 30 minutes at least with everybody. Um, and the thing I say, I have this whole, like, I sound like a machine at this point of how many times I've said the spiel about Pitcher List. 
But one of the major things is that we are not in the business of hot takes. We are in the business of good discussion. And that is so important to, I think, especially the fantasy baseball community. I, I've seen you know fantasy football, for one, that is very driven by mm-hmm. that. Who shouts the loudest, right? And I will say, and I, I, I'm going to give thanks to like Eno for this, the community of fantasy baseball is a little different. There are people trying to be that way, which is fine. I like to think that the people that we are standing, uh, uh, whose shoulders we're standing on, are the ones saying, like, guys, like, that's not how we do things here. Um, and I am so fortunate for that, that, like, this is the industry I happen to be in. Uh, it's 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 amazing and it's really really important. Yeah, have that humility, humility, right? Don't you know? Don't see uh, an analyst and feel like this is my time to knock them down a peg. I uh, like you're gonna find that they'll easily be like, sure, you might be right, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, did I? Is that okay? I don't know. I mean, look, I went on Eno to the recent barrels and Eno was like, oh, maybe I need to change my rankings now. I'm like, Eno, like. <laughs> That's why you're our hero, you know? That's why you're our le- the legend. You weren't like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. I mean, if anyone's going to see that, it's Eno. He should. He's deserved to say that. He won't. And, oh. Anyway, so th- there's the tangent about that stuff. And I love what you're saying about, um, yeah, put it at the door and, like, have humility and stuff. I think it's very important. Uh, but I want to I wanna hear more about your journey in this industry because you're talking about you. You were a journalist for the Army, right? Mm-hmm. You then you then get this job um, doing the essentially the graveyard shift right uh, on the phones. I uh, now you when did you start friends with fantasy benefits then like how would how did that come to be? So I was a big fan of the old Towers of Power podcast with uh, Paul Spore and Jason Collette, and right. they started up a Facebook discussion group. Um, oh, which is man. still active. I remember this um, discussion in the car. Yes. Okay. I, uh, yeah. um, and somebody in that group said, uh, and back then, like I was, I, I was not necessarily a serious fantasy player in, in like the way I am now. I took it very seriously, but I only played in one or two leagues. Like I had my two home leagues. Um, I, uh, you know, I was a, old school ale only keeper league and then like don't tell me two catchers do not tell me two catchers. oh yeah two catchers oh original I that I original that rules. any man okay. original rules so originally oh it was God. a four by four league um auction the kind of auction where you show up at nine o'clock in the morning we finish at nine o'clock at night um it like you know and i love that league it was it, i mean i absolutely loved it um, but that was my main league. And then I had another buddy who like, it was a less serious league with just friends. Um, I think it was head to head categories, probably a okay. 10 team league. And someone in that, that Facebook discussion group for towers of power said, Hey, I want to start a dynasty league, 20 team dynasty league. Who won't anybody want to join? It's free. And I was all like, okay, I've never played dynasty. I've always been interested about it. Um, and it's free. I like free um, because I wasn't investing. You know, I invested my hundred bucks in my my home league, and then like twenty bucks in my other home league. But I wasn't doing what I do now, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and so that became the Friends with Fantasy Benefits League, Dynasty League. Um, and out of that, like we got along so well that one of the guys had an idea, like, hey, we should do like a website and a podcast for the league. 
Um, and I was like, listen, I don't do podcasting. Like, I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't like talking um, in public, but I'll do the writing end of things. And like on like the second episode, someone got sick or couldn't show up like Justin, come on, come just do the podcast. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Um, and after that episode, I said, listen, guys, this is a lot of fun. I enjoyed spending time with you guys and hanging out with you guys in Bolton. But if it's if it's going to be just... Come on! No cursing! Oh, damn it! <laughs> come on, man! Get it I together! All, I was like, what did I do? Did I freeze? <laughs> I did so natural, sorry. Um, um, so, uh, BSing, uh, if, if it's just going to be that... Um, then like, I can't really devote any time to this. Like, you know, I, I've got a kid, I'm married, I go to school full time. I work full time. Um, I can't, I can't devote hours of my week to something like this, unless it's going to be something more than that. And that's when the decision was made after I think episode two, um, it actually, it was like episode negative one because we ended up just restarting the whole thing um, <laughs> uh, that it was going to become like analysis, right? We weren't just going to talk about our own league because my, my parents don't even want to hear about my own league. And my parent was in one of my leagues. Like, you know, so um, that's how friends of fantasy benefits was born. It was me and uh, a guy named Adam Newman um, and a guy named Aaron Bogey uh, and, um, uh, somebody else that I can't remember their name uh, at, off the top of my head right now. And we started the original Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast uh, on episode eight. We asked Jason Collette to come on. He said yes, even though, like, I mean, I doubt we had 20 listeners at right, that right. point. Um, and then episode 11, Paul Spore came on. Um, and we probably had nice. 25 listeners at that point. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then uh, Chris McBrien came on. You know, uh, for the world's most awkward interview. If I could find that interview, that's the one I would want. Oh, yeah. Because I had never interviewed someone solo, just me and him. Everybody else, I think, uh, like we had a guy on, oh, Cam, Cam was the, the guy that uh, was the other guy I was thinking about, um, uh, but that's no longer with Friends of Fantasy Benefits. But he was like kind of like the guy who was supposed to be the star of the show, right? Yeah. Uh, and he was going to interview it, and he got into a car accident. Oh God! Like before the interview, and they're like, "Justin, it's just you and, and Chris McBride," and I'm like, "Oh my God, what do I do?" <laughs> um, like, and it's the most awkward interview ever. And Chris right, McBride right. is like a really good friend of mine now. And um, but that's kind of how Friends of Fantasy Benefits was born, and um, it's definitely gone through some evolutions over the five years because that was beginning of 2015. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's changed a lot. Uh, we do a lot more than just the simple baseball show now, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of a passion project. I don't make really anything from it. Like it's everything I make from friends of fantasy benefits gets wrapped right back into friends of fantasy benefits. Right. Right. Um, and we don't, we don't charge for content. We don't make much money off the content we do. Um, and everything we do make money off of gets like handed off to the staff. Like, you know, it's, yeah. um, so it's uh it's it's great. It's a uh, I, I like to say it's the minor leagues of uh, the industry because we we develop talent. What I tell sure. people is like when someone comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to write our podcast," I go, "Okay, how much? How often do you want to write? Or how often do you want to podcast?" Um, 
can you stick to that schedule? Right. And how can I help you become a better writer, a better podcaster? Because our pitch is I've had writers go off and podcasters go off to places like Fangraphs and CBS and uh, Baseball Perspectives, Baseball HQ, Rotorwire, Fantasy Alarm. You haven't mentioned Scott Chu yet. So, uh, a pitcher list manager. Yeah. I've had multiple people go from us to pitcher <laughs> list. Uh, you guys have Shelly too now, too. Right, right. We did um, another manager. So, like, you know, like we're a farm system to places that are uh, a little bit more prestigious and, uh, and can afford to pay people. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of our role in the industry. And I kind of, relish that role it's 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 cool to be you know i was joking around with someone yesterday and i said you know it, it can be a little bit of a bummer because like you get this talent and you go oh look who i've got i've got this guy or this gal and they are really good they're really going to help bring friends and fantasy benefits up and then someone comes along and goes hey we'll pay you 20 bucks an article we'll pay right, you yeah yeah 50 bucks an article we'll pay you five bucks an article and that's more than i can afford um, and I, you know, and I'm like, Hey, good luck. You know, let me know how I can assist you in your next spot. You're always welcome back here if you want, or stay here while you work somewhere else. Um, but at the same time, like that's part of my coaching tree is, is the analogy I've come up with is in a way that Paul is responsible, you know, Paul and Jason are kind of responsible for my career. Um, I'm, you know, somewhat responsible for other people's and to help them kind of, you know, break into the industry. So, so I want to talk about, uh, uh, so as, as, as you call it, the farm system, right? What are you telling people? What are, what are your general pieces of advice? Um, I think one of them that you already mentioned was having, you know, I think one of the major lessons of this podcast is like work ethic and <laughs> constant improvement and sticking to a schedule. But as far as the actual writing, I mean, look, journalism, right? This is what you, you studied and your, you know, what your real uh, career is, uh, what would you say for anyone that's thinking about getting into it now? Like what kind of tips do you find yourself giving a lot? You know, I, I tend to tell people to find their own voice. I think the kind of the instinct of people is to go to find some sort of analyst, some sort of writer, some sort of podcaster that they like and try to emulate. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't work. Like there is no other Nick Pollock. There is no other yeah. Paul Sporer. There well, is no other Eno Saris. I, I um, push back on that a little. Um, I when I started, I, I mean, I mean, it's a combination. You gotta, you gotta like see the ones that you like and why you like them. So I would say my writing was a combination of uh, of Jeff Sullivan because he's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Eno was in there. Um, I mean, he, I, I hate that he's a garbage human, but Jonah Carey is in there. Um, I mean, he helped me immensely. I thought you were talking about Eno being a garbage human. No, God, the absolute opposite. Um, absolute opposite. I, but like, it, I mean, I, Jonah Carey helped me immensely. Uh, and then, of course, he's a terrible human. So I'm like, well, all right. But I mean, even Gray Albright, like I was a Rasball reader avid, you know, and his his appreciation for being like, hey, it doesn't need to be a textbook. I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't need to be. And like, you know, coming up with terms and stuff like that, you know, that I always wanted to do anyway. Like, it's, but I don't but mean, you do need, but you're right. Eventually, it's your voice. And like, it's yeah, find the things you like and then create the thing you want. It's so there, there's nothing wrong with being influenced by other people. I'm influenced by people all the time, whether it's in my analysis or, you know, I listen to other podcasts partly because I like the information, but partly because I 
like to hear people talk and and it helps me because I'm not a naturally gifted speaker. Um, and so uh, I he, when I hear things that I like or I dislike, it affects how I think about how I do something for sure. Mm, yeah. But ultimately, like I'm me, like I'm not like some people all the time, like they follow me on Twitter and they're like, you can't act like this in real life. Right. Like the way you you and your wife banter the, or what you do, like how you talk. And stuff. I was like, no, this is me. Like, I'm not, I'm not a caricature of myself or a character. I'm not playing a character. Like, this is who I am. We'll, we'll devote um, like a section of this to like reviews we've gotten over the mm-hmm. years. But I, I, I was actually like looking back at one yesterday that was someone gave us a three out of five saying like critiquing me completely like nick is the epitome of cringe and all this stuff and then ends it but if that's his actual personality i don't want him to change (laughs) and like i'm really sorry if it is i'm like yes that's me it's completely me i'm sorry i'm so cringeworthy to you but at least you gave us three out of five stars Um, oh yeah i I I tell people this is me this is you you know that's how it should be I tell people all the time, like if you like the times where my ego is getting really large and it's starting to become a problem, I go back and I read the reviews of like sleeper in the bust and, and, or friends of fantasy benefits or uh, people have been really nice to TGFBI podcast. So I, am not going to say anything badly about that one, but (laughs) like, you know, like, especially I go back to like when I took over for Eno um, on the sleeper in the bus, you know, he got the job at the athletic and right. uh, That must be so hard. Oh, because like in like the main review, like it was a bunch of I got a bunch of one star reviews right after another. Like Justin isn't Eno. Well, no, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be Eno. And um, but like when my ego is getting inflated, like I'll go and read like like some of the bad reason. There's some great ones in there, too. And I appreciate everybody who does give a good review. Uh, But yeah, people are harsh. Like, But this is who I am. Like, I'm, you know, um, there are definitely people in the industry. Uh, and you'll see it on Twitter all the time that uh, uh, put on an act. They're they're a character. They're playing a character for their audience, whether it's on radio or podcasts or in articles or on social media. Um, I think that often we see that uh, we see that as being inauthentic, inauthentic. Um, and I don't think you know some people get away with it for an entire career. There are people who have you know, been in this industry for a very, very long time that continue to do something like that. I don't think that that is very successful for most people long-term. Um, and well, don't, yeah, it's like, hard. It's, it, it's, it's like eating away at you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's dualism and that's not an easy thing to do. I would say the only element that I do is that I don't curse on these things. Yes. yes. Everyone, I do curse in public, but it's like, the reason I don't is because I want this to be a fully welcoming podcast and, and everything like that with a site. That's why I get upset Spore. I'm like, Spore, come on, man. And you. you. <laughs> I'm the uh, worst. Like, I, it's, it's just a huge <laughs> part of it is my father was lifetime military. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he did 20 years in the Army. And then, you know, I, I did three years in the Army as well. Um, and, and it is part of the, like, I just... I don't change the way I speak even like at work. Like I swear with my clients, um, sure. uh, but it's, it's just who I am. Like I swear around my kids. Like I just, you know, and I teach them like when it's appropriate and when it's not and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I don't even think about it. And like, it's funny cause I met you Chris McBride a little while ago. He was a, I don't know if you 
ever listened to his podcast back in the day, but he had the most popular independent fantasy baseball podcast. And I mean, it may have been the most popular fantasy baseball podcast, even in the Matthew Berry days. Oh, wow. um, and it was all him. It was him and, and you know, time it was Joe Pizapia. Um, at another time it was uh, Dr. Roto, I think, uh, was his co-host. And then he'd bring on bring on guests. He never monetized it. Um, he just he did it because he enjoyed it. And it was completely clean. They sold it to America or American Forces Arm Radio. Um, and so it could not have swearing. And if you swore it would he had a he had a program that bleeped everything out for him. Mm. And so my game had become how do I get the swear around the bleep? Um, and so I, I, I would, I would say words and then interject swear words into it without missing a beat just to see if I could get it in there. And I did a couple times. I was very proud of myself. Uh, yeah, sure. Congrats, Mason. You did it. I'm so proud of you. What a challenge that must have been. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I want to, I do want to continue this conversation. Um, I mean, it's, I have many things. One, you talked about Tower of Power before and this Facebook mm-hmm. group. Um, yes. And I don't remember the full story of this, but it's an interest. I mean, it's a large Facebook group, right? Yeah, it still is. I mean, it's got three or 4,000 people, something like that in it. Um, it's now the Sleeper in the Bus Facebook group. Right. Um, it's not as active as it once was because Paul and Jason don't really use Facebook. Uh, Jason does yeah. a little bit. Paul pretty much doesn't at all. I don't really at all. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I like use it a decent amount, but like, I'm not in like the group answering questions all the time. Like when a, when a, when a question pops up kind of in my feed and I go, oh, this is an interesting question. I'll give my two cents. Sure. Uh, but it's just a large community of people that like playing fancy baseball. People help each other out. Um, and then, uh, you know, leagues form there. Like I hear from a lot of people like, well, how do I even get into a league? Like, you know, and, these kind of Facebook groups. There's another one on uh, on Facebook called Baseball 365. There's another one called The Bullpen. And these are just really large group of fantasy baseball players that like to ask each other questions and kind of build a community similar to like what you've done uh, with your um, Discord. Yeah. Uh, just on Facebook. So if you like, if you're, if you're old like me and you like Facebook still, like, um, like it's not a bad place to hang out uh, and kind of uh, banter with people. Um I mean, that's an important thing these days is uh, there's so many avenues to explore for creating that community. Mm-hmm. I certainly latched onto the Discord. I'm happy to see that you've jumped in a little with the mm-hmm. Patreon. Uh, I, I have it there. I'm, I'm part of it. I was, I don't know if you noticed. You were I was first. your first. Yes. I was the first backer of your Patreon. Good. I'm glad you mm-hmm. realized. Uh, you will always be my first. Zero, and I was like, no, I need to give you some social proof right now. Um, and, uh, so I'm very proud of that. I, <laughs> but yeah, you need to find that, you know, it's, um, I kind of fell into it. We used to have just a Facebook messenger, um, for the staff until like 2017 because it wasn't, it was like 10 of us, 10 to 15 of us. Right. And I didn't feel like we mm-hmm. needed more than that at the time. Um, actually it's kind of funny until Cubulist happened. Then we, someone said, Hey, let's just make a Slack for this. I was like, what's a Slack? Like I look, I don't live in corporate America, so I don't, I don't know this stuff. And I thought it was amazing. Brought the staff in, and then it wasn't until 2018. I remember pacing in my kitchen, as I do every day, and I talk out loud to myself, like ideas and thoughts I have, and like just trying to, you know, um, just say things out. And 
uh, I, I realized what if we had, you know, with our Patreon, how do we elevate this? What if we made it a tier for that people to join us inside of that Slack channel? Uh, and I thought, like, it was kind of funny. I was like, how much do I charge for this? Because it's really egotistical to charge, like, a lot of bunny, you know, per month. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also like, hey, if you're there, you're getting unfettered access for advice all the time. And it was like it's back and forth. Eventually, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll see what $10 is. Maybe that will be the right thing. And that's actually how we've stayed with it. It's actually as low as $8 now if you sign up yearly. Oh, God, I'm doing a hey, plug. Look at There this. you go. Oh, you, you got your own ad yeah. in, inserted into the podcast. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, it's so important. I mean, really, that to me, adding that. And then we eventually went to Discord because Discord is free and does not delete your messages um, mm-hmm. like Slack does. Oh, man. I mean, it's it's such a thing now. Like, that's actually, I think, my the proudest thing I have with PitcherList is that Discord. The amount of incredible people I've met and I consider very close friends now just because it exists it's it's a special thing and if you're in the industry if you're trying to figure this out find your way of doing that discord is something i recommend but if it's a slack if it's i don't know if you you want to have a clubhouse or a locker room or whatever it is find it find your way to communicate constantly because it's immensely rewarding yeah i mean that's one of the keys to kind of my success has been relationships and i mean part of that is relationships within the industry but part of it is like I'm very accessible. Uh, like you can message me, you can DM me. My DMs are open um, on Twitter. Like you can hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Uh, we have a Friends of Fancy Benefits uh, Discord that is free. Um, and like, like I'm always on my phone. It, it like totally pisses off my wife, um, <laughs> but I am constantly on my phone answering questions. You know, BSing with people and uh, and you know because I, w- I want to be available and I want to. Right. Uh, uh, because it's it's good for my brand. Like I mean, to be honest, like it's 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 good to be the person. Like I, I know that there was someone on Twitter the other day or on a podcast the other day. I can't remember. Um, they said like I don't answer questions on Twitter. Like, oh, man. and you can't do that. It, it, I mean, look, uh, this is this is the craziest thing to me, and I still really like. It blows me away that there is people. There are people that I personally don't actually know that want to know what I think about something. Mm-hmm. That is such that that blows my mind, uh, and the fact that someone not only wants to know what I think about something, but then is going to take the time to then ask me that question, I will I will do whatever I can to answer it. There is a problem nowadays that you might be facing too. Um, in some ways, I am too accessible. Like I, I post something on Reddit. And you can answer there. You can you can ask a question on the website to an article. You can ask me on Twitter. I just opened my DMs. I've only had one negative DM. I don't know how many you've gotten in your day with open. I DMs. don't know that I have gotten any negative DMs. Is it a wonderful? Um, what a great uh, community we have. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of male privilege. Uh, I'm sure yeah, because that, that's very fair. I, yes. I I can't imagine that a woman in my spot would would be able to say the same thing. Um, but nobody's sending me inappropriate pictures um, like, unless they're inappropriate pictures of me. Like people well, will, will send this me those live. You'll see now. Yeah, I'm sure. Come in to your DMS, but I mean, yeah, there's also well, like the discord too. It's like, there's a lot of access for mm-hmm. questions. I'm, I'm personally going to try to figure out um, like I, the other day I was doing the, uh, doing the list and I, I literally, put my phone on do not disturb for the first time like during the day and just 
because I had to get that out. I had to get that out by two. Uh, and it helped immensely. And I'm realizing that I need to now segment like when like my office hours and the more that I'm like, cool, these are the, this is the time that I'm going to do that as much as I can, even though it's going to hurt me when like I see something on Twitter, I'm like, I can't answer that. I can't, I can't do it right now. You know? So that's, that's a good balance. Good problem to have, I guess. But I, I, I mean, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to be facing that if you haven't already. Yeah. I mean, I, like there's certain things I don't do. So, I mean, I will be honest, like I don't really respond to comments in my articles mm-hmm. um, on, on fan graphs. Uh, so, um, and I don't know if that's supposed to be part of my job or not, um, but I've just kind of pretended like I don't know whether it is. Sure. Um, because I, if you've ever hung out in a fan graphs comment there section, the comments, they're brutal. They're, oh they're God, brutal. Yes. Like yeah. they are like, and um, like, again, like this is a great opportunity for me to get my ego checked every once in a while. Cause they are brutal. Um, you have a voting system. So, yes. So fortunately, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten like the negative comment once or twice and like, fortunately it's in the red. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, it, sometimes it I mean, rough. I'll write, you know, because like I said, like, you know, the majority of my time doing this, like I'm writing in the middle of the night, like often, yeah, like, right, I'm, right. you know, and so like grammatical errors will happen or oh, I'll right. say something, um, you know, one time it was, uh, you know, I let I put Michael Pineda at um, my starting pitcher one twenty one. Bad. This was back when everybody had him as a top fifty pitcher, but it was just mm-hmm. a a sorting mistake on my spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, and like the first comment was, um, did uh, or no, no, it wasn't Nick Pineda. It was Michael Pineda. Um, and uh, someone was like, "Did Michael Pineda punch Justin's dog in his face?" Like. Like, I, I don't know, like, why? Like, yep, and it's like, this is what uh, happens, man. It's, it's, uh, and so I don't, yeah. I don't respond very often. Um, doesn't mean I don't read them, um, but I just don't, I don't get into it with people on comment sections. Like, I'm very accessible through social media. If you want to chop it up with me or disagree with me, I'm always happy to do that on Twitter. Um, I probably should be less available at times, uh, especially during the busy season or like my kid's birthday party or something like yeah, that. But, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, thankfully, my wife won't listen to this to realize that, oh, some people just aren't available. Like they make themselves not available. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I try to be as available as possible. Like people have been super helpful to me and, um, you know, available. And I, I like to, you know, Aside from like the fantasy stuff, like people get into my DMs because they know I'm clean and sober and they know I, I work as a drug and alcohol counselor as a profession. And sometimes they're not talking to me about baseball or football. Right. Like sometimes they, they have some real life, serious life issues. And, and I talk to people about that kind of stuff Man, and I share my experience. And they are, they're smart and they're lucky like that they have you as a resource for that. Yeah. And because not everybody has a person in their life that they feel comfortable talking to about that kind of stuff um and so i like to keep my ultimately if it wasn't for that i probably would close my dms Mm. um because there's nothing worse than like waking up on a saturday morning and having 17 dms from people asking me like about their specific points league and who they should take in the third round uh you know and it's you're gonna so i haven't had my dms open for a season yet Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had oh just wait just wait <laughs> I buddy. know I realize like oh right I'm gonna get well look I've been get I've gotten I've got my fair share of people that are upset at my picks which it, to me is like uh, and it's funny I've actually even like 
address them and they've sometimes sometimes they apologize and they said that they're just venting which i know that they are but to hear someone actually say it once was like oh my god this actually worked once out of a hundred times but there was someone that like was every single time i had a bad streamer pick would call it out mm-hmm. and of course it's gonna happen it's a streaming pick but fine they called it out and then at the end of the year said hey i just won my fantasy league huge shout out to pitchos for all the help this year and i'm like dude come on i'm a human here <laughs> Oh, well, so like I do the rota write up in season over, oh. you know, at Fangraphs, and part of the the responsibilities of the rota write up is to suggest a streamer for today and a streamer for tomorrow. Like I yeah. have to do it, yeah. um, and uh, without fail, if I had a bad day the previous day, yeah, there someone. will be a comment the next day. Don't listen to this guy; he just recommended Keegan Aiken yesterday. Yeah, right, and he got blown up. And it's like, like, and like, don't get me wrong. Like part of like having some sort of profile, no matter how big it is, is you're in the bigger profile is is the the more, the more hate you're going to get. Like people, people, crap. I got Can I, I don't even know what I can say anymore. People poo on me all the time. Um, But there are two uh, phrases for that. There's two, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Um, There's, there's the one that my dad would say, which is like, Nick, there is a Turkish phrase for that. Uh, the dog barks, the caravan passes, right? As in, who cares about the dog? You know, they're going to bark and whatever. You're just going to keep going. The other one um, I like to say is uh, um, you can't pull down that which hasn't risen. So, like, that's going to happen, you know? Like, it, it's, but you, no one will care if you aren't anything, right? Um, so feel good that you're in a position that can be pulled down in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and that's just kind of like how, yeah, that's the nature of it. I just, I just say thanks for the click, you know? Yeah, um, sure. Like when people do that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, thank I mean, you, you had to click on this article to comment on it. So right. thanks for the click. That helps me, um, you know, and I, I'm lucky to be in a position in which, like, I'm not going to be hurt by a one-star review anymore. I'm not going to be, you know, if I get 75 of them, well, maybe that's a problem. But, like, like I'm not going to be hurt by a one-star review. I'm not going to be hurt by one person or a few people, like, giving me, you know, bad comments on articles and stuff like that. Um, and so, like, I'm lucky. Like, the problem is, like, people like that exist in spots where they can hurt people. And that's what I hate. I hate because... Yeah. When I was first getting going Friends of Fantasy Benefits, you know, we like we got a lot of traction very quickly. We we're doing really well. And then like someone had someone on the show had an audio issue and we got like four one star reviews and it crushed us oh, for like man. half a season oh, in terms awesome. of like the iTunes ranking. Right, um, right. And like some people like there, there's a person who has um, given a one star review to me, you. Uh, sleeper in the bust. Um, I, I know uh, there's like this one guy rates in barrels like going after us. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's like the, they're going after every single you know yeah. fantasy podcast just to be a jerk. Yeah, um, and that doesn't hurt me or you, but it does hurt the like guys, the brand yeah. new podcast right. that's just getting going. So, you know, so which is a bummer. Which, uh, we have an individual feed for this podcast, the Nick ah. and Friends, uh, and. If you're listening and you enjoy this, please consider finding that on iTunes and and giving us a five star and a nice review if you can. You know, hopefully you're not going to be the said person that we're talking about. 
<laughs> and you hopefully, uh, you know, can uh, can encourage uh, me to bring on more wonderful people like Justin. But uh, it's kind of funny. I've been asking the same question for a while as we keep going these fantastic tangents. I don't want to get to it, which is, so you're doing the Friends of Fantasy Benz- Benefits mm-hmm. thing. And then at some point you land this gig, uh, you know, at Fangraphs and doing all that stuff. Like, what was the moment that you realized, oh, man, I, I think I have an opportunity with this? Um, so like, this, this is a funny story. Cause so Paula comes to me one day and I'd been doing friends, fancy benefits for probably about a year, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even two years. Um, and he goes, Hey, I need a, I, I need a writer and I want to hire you. Like I, I wasn't part of like an open application process. He came to me and right. said, listen, I, I like what you do and I want you there. And I told him no. Um, really? Yeah. I went, listen, I, I can't do the type of things that like, like I can't do the, the numbers the way like Alex Chamberlain or, or Jeff Zimmerman. Like, I don't know that, that fan graphs is the right spot for my particular set. And like Mm -hmm. he fired right back at me and said, listen, I'm not bringing you in to be that kind of voice. We have those voices. I want your voice. Um, And that was the first time I went, Oh, my voice has a, has a place in this industry. That's such a lovely Um, and it was huge for me because like, you know, I think that a lot of us, you know, you know, who are newer in the industry um, or when we first get in the industry, like have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like oh, we don't. Yeah. Like, you know, and I do too. Like it's like, it's even though like I'm successful at this, like, um, like there's times where I go, ah, oh, man, at some point they're going to figure out that I don't really belong here. <laughs> um, right. And so, uh that but that was the first real moment where when I went, oh, like there are people out there that value what I bring to the table, um, and maybe this isn't just a hobby. Um, and so it was it was really cool, and it, like it wasn't much like Fangraphs like doesn't pay very much in general or like when you first start, right? So like yeah. it was like, but it was like a real opportunity to be like, okay, instead of seventy five people getting to read my article. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the numbers yeah, are. Right. Like behind, you know, yeah, t- you know, tens of thousands of people read fan graphs articles, um, you know. And so, uh, like, this was just a great opportunity for me to, like, kind of grow. Um, and it was really the beginning of me going from this is a hobby to this is something that might be more than just that. Man, I, I, I where do you know where you were when you got that, like, that, I guess, DM from, from Score? <laughs> Honestly, I, I could not tell you. Like I, um, I, I probably was in my office at home writing or podcasting when it came across my email, and um, and he was, you know, and I was just like, I just remember being like, oh yeah, he made a mistake. Like Paul knows me, <laughs> sure. but he doesn't know me well enough yet to go. He doesn't. I don't belong at Fangraphs. Right, That's right, not right. like you know. Like I belong at maybe like a place like Ratsball. Like like that was like you know mm. place where I could be funny and I can write and like I can just talk about what I want to do, sure. um, as opposed to a place where like statistics you know ring as like you know and so yeah absolutely. Um, but he was right. Like he you know he, you don't want to bring and you run a you run a. a a site with 170 people like you don't want all the same voice like no one wants that but like in my head like i just you know didn't feel like i belonged on the same platform as a lot of the talent there um well i'm sure you do now if you don't i don't know why you don't um (laughs) but uh 
quick story here. Um, since 2015, really, I, I want to say 14, but essentially because Pitcher gets shut down in May, there is like a void for it. But uh, I've done the SP roundup every single day, right? Save for one day, Mason. And I, I say it was because of my sister's wedding. But the true story is that her wedding was on the Saturday evening. Um, but Thursday, I, I had to go up to, to Boston for my Irish brother-in-law's uh, stag do, right? Like his stag is like a bachelor night mm-hmm. with all of his Irish friends. And here I am, the brother-in-law, trying to be like, hi, I'm part of the family with you now. So... I didn't do the roundup for Friday, that for Thursday night to Friday. That's the only time. And I remember the next day, I think the most hungover I've ever been in my life, um, in the car going to Cape Cod, where this wedding is in Wealthy. By the way, if you don't know Cape Cod and Wealthy, it's lovely and gorgeous. And I feel very spoiled that I've been able to go there as often as I have. Um, and I remember being in that car, it's like, 11 a.m. or noon when Spore sends me the message, hey man, uh, do you want to like write for rotographs? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Like I couldn't even internalize that that was happening. And then when I did, I was so excited, but I could only like emit like a groan of excitement. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. It was like the worst and best morning I've had at the same time. It was oh god so yeah I I will not forget that that was in 2017, in like uh, the depths of July or August or something like that oh my god, but uh but yeah very fortunate uh, I'm I'm very I feel very lucky that Spory took a chance on me I'm sure you feel the same way mm-hmm. uh, for you and then like so that was that was 2017 when you came on is that right? Yeah, it was either 2016 or 2017. So, I remember a pause between like you doing the podcast then. No, no. Oh, for starting at Sleeper in the Bust? Yes. Yeah, so that is a completely different story. So Paul and Eno were doing Sleeper in the Bust then, and they were having some serious audio issues. Hmm. Um, And, like, you know, where uh, you couldn't hear Paul, or there would be, like, really, or you couldn't hear Eno, one of the two, like, um, or there'd be really huge choppiness. And, like, I, one of the things I learned how to do really quickly was edit podcasts and produce podcasts. Um, and so I, I went to Paul and I said, listen, I don't want any money, um, or anything like that, but why don't you let me just sit on the podcast, do the recording. I've got good recording software. Um, and let me do the production side of things because I think it'll really clean it up. Um, and he was like, well, you're doing it for free. Like, sure. Why not? Like, um, and so I just, you know, for, you know, a good year, um, I sat in the background of the sleeper in the bus podcast and I did the recordings and then I'd turn around, you know, I turn around and do the production side of things and it really just cleaned up the audio what uh, for them. using for all of that. Uh, back then we were recording on Skype and I was using a program called Avair, and then I would just dump it into, um, uh, uh, dump, just dump it into audacity and I just added it that way. Um, oh, man. which Audacity's is what I still everything. use. Yeah, yeah, I still I use too. Audacity. Now, do you do do you do any posts on Audacity? I do a little bit. Um, you know, they've got a um a, a leveler function so I can level out the audios in mm-hmm. case, you know, Paul or I have different audio levels. Um they have a noise reduction one that I use because the new house that I live in and new office is 
the, the office is an outdoor tough shed with no insulation, as you can see behind me. Um, and so like today it was raining. Um, so you can actually hear the rain in, in the audio of the podcast. Sure, sure. And so like, I'll, I'll go through and I'll kind of get that out. And I'm, you know, uh, like I try to remove as many of kind of like the, I, I breathe heavy cause I'm a smoker. Um, and so I try to get that kind of stuff out, but they've got functions for that. It doesn't take me very long. Um, right. Uh, so, but as far as uh, like EQ and normalization and compression, all that kind of stuff, do you touch any of that? Not really for the most part. Like I do a little bit of stuff, but for the most part, uh, what you hear is, you know, what you hear when you're listening to podcasts is what right. the podcast is like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got addicted to this stuff for a moment. I, um, I do use audacity. I mm-hmm. like it started with, I mean, I, I, with fast, it was initially like we were surrounding one blue Yeti in his little mm-hmm. entrance way. There's, I still have this photo and I took the photo thinking like, this is going to be a thing. He's like, whatever, Nick. And like, now I'm like, I'm so happy I took that photo. I, uh, but I, uh, I mean, we still have a setup, you know, right now where it's, and it's like sound room of death and everything. But, uh, but from the very beginning, I've tried to do some sort of, sound processing and actually there's some really helpful youtube videos i'll um i'll try to include it inside the notes of this is what i use um with audacity and it it works wonders um i don't know if anyone could tell if like you've known from like the fireside chats they sound different mm-hmm. because i'm putting on this entire like oh man ah mm, nope there's a phrase inside of the recording industry that my dad told me that i can't say Oh, because you don't want to bleep yourself, huh? Yeah, I don't want to bleep myself. It's vocal. Uh, <laughs> um, guys have it and girls don't. Mm. Um, that stuff. Uh, the things. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you put you put those things on it, and, and like you know, essentially you just go through a chain, like an audacity. You can set up. Um, like go th- first thing you're going to do is normalize. Then you're going to EQ the treble and then the bass and then compress and then normalize again. Um, and then it does, and then you can make it so that you set the, the different things. So it's like five different things. And then you just press apply chain and it does all five of them. And you just kind of leave it for like two minutes or so. And it has a hard limiter in there. It's really, really helpful. And it makes the, you know, it makes the bass sound bassier and, uh, it makes everything kind of, feel more alive so i I highly highly recommend doing it uh it gives that an extra little bit of polish and like once you hear the finished one and then you go back to the first one like oh my god like how did i ever do without it um i didn't know that audacity had a leveler though Mm -hmm. Um, it's in the distortion uh mm, you hit distortion and then and then you can little scroll down a leveler nice i have i have a program called the the great level later um, it's a, I think it's a PC program. Maybe it's actually both PC and Mac uh, that I just go into that and it does a really good job of it. Uh, maybe if I can just do that on Audacity, that's pretty cool too. But don't overlook that is what I'm trying to get at is, mm-hmm. man, podcasts, like all it is is audio. And mm-hmm. if you can make the quality of that better, then it goes such a far way. Like right now, I'm going to pull away my microphone. I sound a lot worse right now. Then if I do when I'm up into it like right now, like little things like that can make a podcast way, way better. Uh, so anyone listening is like, huh, I'm doing a podcast. That's this is the little things that, that go far away. Yeah. And audio quality is a huge thing in podcasting. Like, yes, if you everything. don't want to avoid a bunch of one star reviews when you start, it's mm-hmm. going to be audio quality. Like that is the thing that kills a podcast 
before they start because the reviews are really, really important for new podcasts, especially um, and really even established podcasts. Like, uh, but if you have bad audio quality, people will tear you apart in reviews. Oh, yeah. um, you know, no matter how good your content is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick ramble. If that's okay about this, Mason. Please do. I I microphones. As much as I hate to say it, there is like if you're starting a podcast, there is a initial level you have to invest in. Um, there is the hosting of it, which is actually I probably would recommend like SoundCloud because that you can if you want to do a lot of podcasts, you can pay for like a hundred bucks for a year and that's it. Um, but I. Uh, you got to invest in a decent microphone. Um, I think the very bare minimum to me is a blue snowball, but I don't really love the quality of that. And at about, I think it's 60 bucks is I think the first like re one. I'm like, you sound good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called a Samson Q2U. That was my first uh, one. It's a really good microphone. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, yeah, Blue Yeti is good. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're putting the gain all the way down. And you're also testing which uh, side you're doing. I look, I I, I I don't mean to call you out, Bubba. I've been DMing you. I see your live stream. You have the Yeti turned the wrong way, and I want you to sound so good because I love you, and you're amazing at what you do, Casey. But you can sound better. Just turn the mic and really take like the five minutes uh, of your microphone. Start Audacity. Start recording. Move around the microphone and say where you are so that you can actually identify, oh, that's where I want to talk into it. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Get as close as possible. You're going to feel really weird at first. Like you're an inch away from the microphone. You sound way, way, way better. I, I used to stack books on my desk as I would push my face into the microphone. It, it, it does so much. Um, the other element. I, I will yeah. say though, because yes. I don't, I don't put the mic in my in my face, mm-hmm. um, and it's not because that it's it's not like some sort of issue where I don't like something in my face. Uh, because I'm a heavy breather, if I have it in my face, you are going to hear my breath all the time. Um, and so I actually use the setting for two people, and okay. I put it away from me. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, and and then I play around with the settings, and then I and I kind of edit it a little bit in post. Um, just because otherwise uh, you will you will hear me like Darth Vader because I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy and I and I'm a smoker. So I have it's, two it's tips for that. I have two okay. tips for that. One, just... you can you can theoretically set up a noise gate mm, okay. um, so that you're not breathing that much into it. Um, and the second is I actually uh, I have a program on my computer. I've used it already. This podcast that I think it's called Mike Switch. I essentially have a hotkey for my keyboard that can mute the mic on command so that if I like I've had to exhale heavily and I want to I want to mute myself while you're talking or something like that. I can just hit my hotkey and there you go. Breathe out. And then when I'm ready to talk again, then I turn it back on. Um, it, it, I, I, there, there has to be solutions. If you feel like you're going to breathe when you're not talking, just go away from the microphone. I don't know. I it's oh man it, you, I know how good you can sound Mason I want it for you I want yeah I want see and like those I, I've see, I've heard it in person and I want it to go be an aura from the headphones like oh it's Justin Mason here you know I want yeah I, I think that the better solution is that I need to quit smoking and lose some weight which is the plan for once opening day cons because oh yeah uh, it may seem counterintuitive to people but. Uh, at least for me, I don't know how it is for you. Uh, but for me, like my workload actually decreases once the season starts. 
Sure. Um, so like I can actually do things like attempt to quit smoking and work out, um, which I cannot do in January. The what? We have have a diet bet channel inside of our discord. People have lost significant amounts of weight at our appeal. I I have not, I have not seen this on the Discord. off topic. Um, this is a thing that that, that a lot of our community members have done. Uh, I spent most of my time. Yeah, I spend most of my time in the uh, the plaid section of. Oh, plaid is plaid is the best. <laughs> yeah, that I love plaid. That's my favorite part of. Like, on after it, it's dark. Yeah, it's like yeah, I I that is one of my. That's like really the only thing I use Discord mm. for is is your guys's plaid is, um, uh, because it's just I have a blast hanging out with you guys. Uh, and, and swearing because there were allowed yeah, to swear there. That. If you yes. don't know what Plaid is inside of our Discord, I created a voice chat. Essentially, think of it like mm-hmm. if you enter that, it's a room where everyone else can hear each other that's in there. And after 9 p.m., only after 9 p.m. Eastern Time, okay, you can't you can't be in there at 8.52. It's got to be 9, 9 o'clock or later. Uh, you can curse. Don't be, you know, don't be offensive. Don't like actually attack people, but you can say curses like you did before that I bleeped out. Inside of Pitcher List after it's dark, otherwise known as Plaid. It's a wonderful thing. We actually, I'd say Monday through Friday, we hang out a lot there. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a little bit slower. Uh, but it's it's a wonderful, wonderful place. I mean, I'm, I'm all for this, Mason. I, if you want someone to every single day message you and DM me, I will be that guy. I, I You know, I'm all for self-improvement. And to hear you say that, I'm like, let's do it. Let's make it happen, man. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, people obviously don't know me from my earlier days, but prior when when I was in my, you know, teens and and early 20s, I was a powerlifter and I was in really, really good shape. Um, This is why when people hear me talk about, uh, you know, baseball players like Yandy Diaz um, or Vlad Guerrero Jr. um, And I'm talking about how massive weight gains and massive weight losses affects mechanics it's because i know it from uh, actual experience um wow, you know man. i mean i i bench pressed over 400 pounds uh when i was younger um and you photos please send me all the photos i don't know that i have uh like a many photo. photos oh no I, I didn't do it like i didn't do it like as like in competitions and stuff okay. i i wanted to play college and professional football um, oh, okay. And so the way I trained to try to do that was I would take the NFL combine results and I went, I'm going to try to beat everybody at oh, every man. year's, you know? And so like I could, you know, bench press 225, I could do it, you know, 30 times, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I tried to, and I was in great, I mean, I worked out three or four hours a day in the gym uh, and uh, you know, but it also had, you know, it, it, it led to problems physically for me because well, my right, body's not yeah. built to, I'm not built like a professional athlete. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and so like, I know like if I just got into it in the same way that I'm into fantasy baseball now, yeah, I could get in shape, but I've just gotten fat and lazy. And so let's do it, man. Space, yeah. let's, let's make it happen. This is, uh, I'm, I'm excited for you. Um, uh, this is, this is certainly something like through the season I will be, uh, yeah, you're you're going to get lots of texts from me now. So. <laughs> I just want you to know that, and I will be monitoring. Really, check out that it's in the off ta- topic channels. I don't, I don't see it. I, mean, 
off topic, there are a lot of channels in our Discord. If you go to the off topic channel, one of them is Diet Bet. Uh, no, wait, where did it go? It's not wait, there. Where did this go? No way. Yeah. All right, I will find this for you. Yeah, yeah. We will, so, we will bring it back. It's going to, yeah. oh, where is it? No. Okay. Well, anyway, this is a thing that we do here. You can announce it and we'll make it happen, okay? Let, let, let's oh, make this happen. It's it's best shape of my life. B-S-O-M-L. Oh, there we go. Okay, that That's makes it. sense. See? All right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I, you know, my biggest issue with with working out nowadays is I, my brain doesn't remember that I'm a 36 year old man mm. um, as opposed to a, you know, or like it thinks I'm still in my, my teens and twenties. Right, um, right. And so like, I, I'm one of those people and it, it's part of my like addictive behavior being a recovering alcoholic um, is that uh, I don't do things slowly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and my body can't handle the fact that I want to go and try to bench press 300 pounds after not having bench pressed in two or three years. Right, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I can't walk around the next day because I yeah. decided to try to go for a five mile run when I haven't walked more than a mile in a year or something like that. So I'm the I'm, same way, man. I understand. Yeah. That. So my, 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 my plan is to try to move it a little bit more slowly. Like, so uh, yeah, but it would, it would, it would be nice to, you know, I, I think it, anything is better with a community around you, right? Yeah. It's, it's why like people do things like AA and NA, you know, when they're trying to get sober and stay sober, it's why like, you know, these discord communities are really fun and great. Um, because you know, you're doing something together as a group and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more rewarding. Well, we're, we're excited to see you as a part of that. Um, and uh, on that same note of, you know, what's ahead for Justin Mason, uh, one thing that I constantly like asking people is, you know, what what does the future hold for you? What do you want it to be? Like, what are, what are the goals? What are, you know, you've, you've come a far away in this industry from being the nervous person having to do a solo interview to now cruising um, at Fangraphs and running TGFBI, which is an incredible thing that you put together. Uh, the Podpalooza, like being, you know, a staple of this industry. And, um, you know, certainly for me, I think I, people understand that I'm not someone that's content, uh, that I'm just like, there's a reason why content and content are spelled the same way. <laughs> no, I, but I, you know, I'm constantly like, I want to keep achieving and doing more things. And I kind of see that same path for you a bit. So I'm curious what, you know, what do you want to be doing? What is your end game? Oh, I mean... I don't know what the end game is yet. Like, uh, you know, like I said, um, kind of, you know, earlier that like when I first started doing this, like my goal was like, if I could like make any money doing this, like that, I I would be totally stoked. Right. Like I I had no aspirations of getting to where I've gotten. And so I don't like necessarily setting goals. I think goals tend to pigeonhole us, uh, to some sort of idea like, like, okay, this is all I have to accomplish. Um, so for me, I look at it more as uh, really a day-to-day thing and it's very cliche, um, but it, 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 it kind of falls in line with how I live my life in general is I want to be kind of the best analyst I can be today and the best fantasy player I can be today. Um, and I hope that that translates into more. That doesn't mean I'm not like thinking about the future, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just because like, you know, 
uh, I'm, I'm focused mostly on what's going on right now. doesn't mean I don't have like ideas and plans and, uh, and other things I'd like to accomplish. Uh, but like, I don't have necessarily, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, in five years, I plan to be on Sirius XM or working at ESPN or, um, so like, are those but are those ideals for you? I mean, at least like that, you know, instead of saying, OK, this is what my track is going to be. But what do you want it to be then? Like, what are, what mean, are the things that you would want to step forward towards? I mean, I'd love to be full time in the industry. So, you know, I mean, I work a 40 hour week job uh, on top of all of the commitments. Like so like, yes, if someone came to me from a place like ESPN or CBS or uh, you know, or Fangraphs even like said, "Hey, we want to make you full time in this industry. What is it going right. to take?" You know, right. the you know, um, I would be stoked. Like, and that would be, you know, that is the hope that at some point this will turn into being just a full time gig as opposed to a part time one. Um, but I also like I want to at some point branch out into things that are other than fantasy. Okay, and uh, you know, I mean, I have. Uh, a lot of interests outside of just fantasy baseball. I do a political podcast. Um, you know, you do. I, what, what yes, I, I produce um, uh, the guardians of the Republic with uh, Patrick Murray and Ian Khan. Hmm. Um, and they have me come on and do a little spiel at the end because I am kind of the, uh, I'm the conservative voice of, of a very liberal podcast. Okay. Um, and so like, and I come from a political, political family. My grandfather was uh you know, Senator of California and the press secretary to John F. Kennedy. Oh, wow. um, and so like, I have a lot of political beliefs um, and uh, uh, an interest in politics. I also have always wanted or thought about doing um, just different styles of podcasts. Like I, I love doing this podcast I'm doing with Danielle right now, my wife um, on TGFBI, where I teach her how to play fantasy yeah. because she's never played it before. And I'd love to yeah, do something way, where I haven't heard that. It, it, it's wonderful. It's really fun. Um, and it's really fun because I think often we come in with these assumptions that the audience knows certain things. Um, and that's not necessarily true. And I think that it actually prevents people from wanting to play fantasy baseball as opposed to easier sports like fantasy football. Yeah. There's, because there's it sounds it's, it's yeah. scary. It's, you yeah. know, she didn't know what whip was. So we sat down and we explained her what whip was. And so like, I'd love to do a podcast in which I'm that person Hmm. where I go to experts in a range of different fields and maybe like do a different, I'm learning something new every season or whatever it is. Um, You know? uh, And so like, I'd like to, at some point, I don't want Justin Mason brand or whatever that is to just be a rotoware face in fantasy baseball. Well, um, I mean, you're talking to the right guy here. Uh, I mean, you're on a podcast right now that isn't yeah. baseball. <laughs> so, uh, so I very much align with that uh, with that goal. Um, it is kind of funny. You're like, "What do you want to do in five years, Nick?" I can't tell you. Whatever. I'm like, "Oh, well, um, my whiteboard over here." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a vision board or anything. Um, it's so but- fun, though, Justin. It's like you can't. I don't know. It's just your imagination is whatever at that point. And it's, it's, it's fun to, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's like things aren't created unless you think of them. Right. And yeah. It's, it's a I'm in a different life situation though, in terms of Absolutely. like, oh, I've got yeah. kids, I've got a wife who like, 
she she has a hard time allowing me to do the things I already do, right? right yeah, so it's right, like, right. you know, and I push the limits, like, you know, way farther than I should. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, you know, there's only so much I can accomplish in this moment. Um, and so, like, there are things, like, I've talked about, like, maybe I go, maybe I'm going to go to law school at some point. Maybe I'm going to, you know, um, I have ideas always sure, floating sure, around. Sure. I'm always thinking of the next thing and that's how things like tgfbi were born yeah exactly. like you know um, i know it's in there is what i'm getting at i want i just want to hear it i want to i want to i don't know i i love the idea of it's like 1 a.m and i see the lamp on in your study mm-hmm. or whatever like it's sorry the shed it's got yes the shed. shed it is the yeah, shed yes it is a shed and you're just like oh, all right and you're fervently writing on your thing about you know with arrows to this and that <laughs> i want that for justin mason Oh, and I mean, it's definitely there. It's just, you know, I know that there's there 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 has to be a side of me that stays very realistic about absolutely what I can accomplish in this moment. Right. Um, and because, like, I'm one of those people like you that loves to put things on my plate. Like, I love to just be like, you know, oh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, um, TGFBI, Sleeper in the Bus, writing Daily at Fangrass. I'm going to be writing it Fantasy Alarm again this year. Like, oh, it's... Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like, okay, I've got all this stuff. Ooh, but that looks good over there, too. Right, like, right, yep. um, And I have to, like, center myself and really kind of stay in the moment and be like, listen, I also have to make sure my floors are swept and mopped so that way my kids don't have black feet. Like, you know, so it's it, it's, a, it's a bit of a balancing act. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you do that, man. Uh, I'm it's, very fortunate in that this is my focus. This is, you know, I don't I don't. Which is great. Like, yeah. no, and, like, that's awesome. Like, you know, if I had been... Um, if this had been even on my radar 10 years ago, like, uh, you know, yes, I, I definitely may have, or not even 10 years ago. Cause my, my, I have a 10 year old. So, but like 15 years ago, like there's a kid in the industry. I don't know if you heard him on Potapalooza. Um, uh, and I've had him on the TGFBI podcast doing kind of a profile like this, uh, but more fantasy centric. He, his name is Jordan Eisen. He does the Field of Vision podcast. Oh, yeah. I just went on his podcast on Monday morning. Yeah. He's 16. Yeah. Like, like for him to have just even the thought that this is something he wants to do and he's going to give it a go at 16. Unbelievable. Is amazing. amazing. Like, you know, and it's like, and he does a really good job. Like, he's, he's, he's very entertaining. Um, you know, and he even told me, he's like, oh, my friends don't care about this. Like, yeah, he's right. doing it because this is his passion. <laughs> exactly. I wish I had had, like, you know, the one thing I, I tell people all the time uh, or younger people all the time is, like, get the responsibility stuff done as soon as possible. Like, don't, like, everyone's always like, oh, you can do college whenever. No, get that get that done now because it's so yeah, much right, harder right, to do right. it later. Like, if yeah. you've got a passion and you're young and you think this could be your passion, do it, do it now and find out. So that way, like, because Jordan's going to be, by the time Jordan's my age, if he continues to do this, he'll have 20 years in the industry right, by right. the time he gets to my age. Like, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, we're both here with like seven. Yeah, this know? is my yeah sixth year. Yeah, I've been, I think, or yeah, sixth or seventh year, something like that. And it's like, yeah, which is great. Like, it's amazing. Like, I, I, I couldn't have imagined like, you know, six years ago, like that when I was starting this, that like I'd be still doing this, much right. less be successful at it. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think about, man, if I like started doing this at like oh 25, like yep. this would have been, you know, or, or 22, like, like a lot of like a lot of the guys and, and, and gals you have employed, like are super young, like, 
Um, and it's like, oh man, they got such a good head start. It's awesome. I know. Oh man. Um, but at the same time, I will recognize that we got in at a good moment. Um, oh, for sure. How kind of how the industry was moving, mm-hmm. uh, and to get in then it wasn't you know the the it didn't boom like it did until like two years ago I'd say. Um, it's really taken off. I mean, it's, the internet you know, itself has changed around us, mm-hmm. and we've uh, taken advantage of that fact. You know. Well, and COVID really. I mean, we thought it was amping up two or three years ago, but COVID really amped things up as well because everybody was at home, right? So, sure. like, oh, all I have to do is buy a, a microphone and I've got a podcast now. Right. It, it um, accelerated the ease of going into that. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, as far as the audience goes, I, I, I'm sure you saw numbers, but across the industry, we were all like, it was all much lower uh, last year. Um, and oh, I for think, sure. It, it, yeah, it crushed it, a lot of people, but it, it gave a lot of people the time yeah yeah the time to think about hey is this something i really want to do right right um and like now we have i mean you you at picture list have 75 million podcasts like so it's yeah, like no, you know <laughs> it's like, a, like so oh, man. Like, there's it's, just podcasts upon podcasts now so good though justin yeah there's so many good I, ones. I i can't believe you rolled them out all at the same time because there's no way that's I can how i do get, this yeah, I can't. There's no way I can listen to them all now. Um, I know, I know, but it's, it's going to take me a full season just, just to get to one episode of each podcast. Like it's, I, 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 I've, I've been listening to, I've been listening to uh, on the wire a lot. Um, oh yeah, they're great. Adam Howe, Kevin Hastings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a comment on Reddit that was like, "I physically don't have enough hours in the day to listen to all of the podcasts." Oh yeah, how do you think Chris from at Baseball Pods feels? I don't right know, now? man. I have he's no just, he, idea. Like, he, he, I, like, you better not have him on because he's going to drop more F-bombs than me. Just the amount I'll, of podcasts now. And it, yeah, none okay. of podcasts in his player now has got to be ridiculous. Like, Oh, man. Yeah, maybe he can. Uh, I don't know if he's listened to any of these yet. Uh, maybe uh, finally I've got the big dog and Justin Mason here, though. Uh, so maybe that can convince Chris to, uh, <laughs> to give uh, a shout out on his Twitter. Yes, Chris. Please do. Now, I I think I think I've taken enough of your time. It's already been over an hour and a half, Justin. I uh, this has been a blast as always is. I miss you, man. I miss you, know, you too, buddy. Like it's too long. Like yeah, like uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, it seems promising to me this year. Yeah, and I mean, it, if it's if it's safe, I'll be there. Like it's um, right, you know, right. you know, unfortunately, like I'm not. I can't be one of these people. Like there's a bunch of people going to Vegas in a few weeks for, for the main event and no stuff. Way. Like no I've way. got, no I've got a high risk two year old and then uh, a 70 year old mother-in-law lives with me. Like, I just yeah. can't, I can't risk it. Um, but like, like for like, it's I, Arizona has now become a must after 2019 it, and just, going, it's, oh man. it was so much fun. And I don't know if you know this, but I actually met my half brother for the first time. Is that because, right? At, at first pitch Arizona because uh, wow. I'd, I'd been looking for him for 10 years after my father passed away. Um, I found his birth certificate and I, and I knew he was born in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I decided to go to first pitch Arizona was because I was going to take one of the days off and drive to New Mexico and try to see if I could find any information about him. And in between booking the trip and going, I found him. Um, after 10 years. And so we actually met at first pitch, first pitch, Arizona. Oh my God. I took him to a game, uh, an AFL game. Uh, and, uh, and we went out to lunch and dinner and hung out a whole day. Uh, so great. you know, and so like now it's become like, 
well, it's got to be a yearly trip. Like it's yeah, going right, to be like, right. and Danielle and the family is going to come with me. So like, yeah, I can't wait for first to share on it. I can't wait to go back to tout wars. I'm drafting my tout wars. Oh yeah. Come to auction New York, this, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh uh, that that's a must. I uh, like, there's part of me that really wants to go to Vegas for the NFBC stuff, but don't do that. Just it's hard to rationalize when I love going to tout wars. Like I yeah. love going and hanging out with, well, it won't be Foley's anymore, but well, hopefully they'll have another place. They're tr- I think they're looking into, to finding a new home. So, so hopefully, but like, yeah, I mean, just sitting around with you guys um, and trying to record a podcast that none of us end up actually <laughs> using. Uh, I still have that. That, that. that was, I put that live, you know, we, uh, we did a Periscope for like three hours or whatever during, uh, you should have dropped it as a podcast. Like, yeah, I know, but this, was, this, this was 2000, that was 2018, something like that. It was yeah, like, sounds about right. 17 even. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you should have dropped it as a podcast, like as a retrospective. This is what mm. Justin Mason, Paul Sporer, I think, Joe Pizapia was on it. Yeah, like this there. is what they said at the beginning of the season. See how stupid they sound now. You know what? This was 2019 because you were. We talked about your injured team. Yes, you're right. It was yeah. right after we recorded, so. like literally after my main event. That would have been hilarious to oh, hear man. how excited I was about still, my main there, event man. team that finished 420th. I got I got to see if I can find that video because it's I think it's still out there before Periscope dies at the end of the month uh, for Twitter. Um, by the way, it. if you didn't know this, Mason um, and everyone listening, uh, I probably like two of you know that I got an amazing opportunity in 2019 to be on TV for the one mm-hmm. time for three months at MSG, MSG Networks doing like DraftKings things. And the only reason I got that was two things. One, Justin Mason here. I referred me i did uh, which is amazing uh but then you know what they did first when after you referred me is they watched that video they watched that video of oh really out and they saw me like hosting it and they was mm-hmm. like oh okay maybe he can do this you know so that's two ways that you got me that position which was like i mean that was a ton of fun uh and yeah they had reached, never do it again but <laughs> they had the guy who was like the main producer sam, or uh, yeah sam yeah I, I i i can't remember what his position was there um but he hit me up one day and he's like hey i got, I got this opportunity i want to i want to run it by you and i was like oh, okay and so he told me what it was like you know um and, and everything and uh, and he was all like, you know, you'd be doing it daily in studio. And I'm like, you realize I live in, in California, right? <laughs> um, and I was like, Madison square garden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, based in New York. Um, and I was like, listen, I mean, I don't know how much this pays, but I guess I'd consider moving to New York if it paid well enough. Right. Right. Um, I, my wife lived in New York at one point and I'm sure she would love to live there again. Um, and they're like, yeah, it's not that kind of good of gig, <laughs> that kind of gig. It was, um, it was, an, it was, it was more than I deserved is what yeah. I should say, but it wasn't uh, enough to, for me to move an entire right. family Man, cross one country. Day, one day, Mason, if you, yeah. just, you just told me that you'd want to move to New York city again is already like, how do I make, Oh, I, I don't know that I would want to move. To, <laughs> I mean, listen, I grew up in a major city in Washington, DC. I love right. major cities. Um, if the right opportunity, if someone came to me and said, listen, we're going to give you you know, six figures to talk fantasy, but you need to move anywhere. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Oh, well, 
I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, anywhere, but um, I had this dream for ages of a McMansion that is like the MLB right? cave, but it's just fantasy. Oh, I've had this. I've had this fantasy. Like if I ever won the Powerball, like mm. like people are like, well, what would you do? I'd make the best fantasy site ever. Yeah, and I'd right. employ all my friends. Yep. And yep, we it. would we would just absolutely crush it. Um, I pretty much just buy picture list is what I there would it do. Is. <laughs> and it it become Mason list. Nope, sorry, um, it's priceless, baby. <laughs> I'd so, have to control I'd have to have controlling percentage still. <laughs> so but uh, yeah, so so they reached out to me and I was all I was like, listen, yeah, I mean, this isn't gonna work for me. They, well, do you have someone you would recommend? Like, can you send us a list? And I was all like, I got a few people and, and Nick was at the top of the list and Alex Fast is at the top of that list. Um, you know, the aforementioned Joe Pizapia was at the top of that list. Um, and they pretty much just took that list and that was their interview list. Um, and so all of you guys who were like in the interview were there because that's who I recommended, um, which is really cool. Like it's, you know, I mean, do I wish like, you know, they were based in San Francisco. Absolutely. But well, yeah, um, but uh, you I, know, I, I but can't thank you enough for that. I mean, that was there's there's nothing like yeah, helping your friends. Else. Like it's it's like, you know, it's it's so cool. And, you know, uh, I remember you sending me like a, a little clip and stuff. And I was like, ah, that's oh, awesome. Dude, it's so dude, cool. Like, first you know, day, though, that oh, my <laughs> If you guys don't know about this, I, mean, I am going to tell us because I think it's hilarious of like I go into this and I I. I don't play DraftKings. It's just mm-hmm. not what I do. Um, I I I, I kind of believe in like those that win at DraftKings. It's a it's a job essentially, mm-hmm. and I, I I know I'm focused on everything else. So I go in. I'm like, cool. I can recommend pitchers. I can do that well. I do it. We're in this like little room, smaller than the one I'm actually in right now, and it's great. Thomas Hale is there. He's a wonderful guy. I love this dude. Who's essentially like our little um, not little, but he's. He's like working the camera and giving us a little direction. And Sam Simmons is there as a the producer. Got Brian um, Brian Fonseca next to me. We're doing this thing and it's great. I feel like it's done, right? There it is. We did it. 15 minute segment. Awesome. Then Sam goes, hey, we've got a little thing we want to, you to do also. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I think like I'm going to go to another small room. They bring me down into like the MSG studio, like the main studio. They put me in the green room, you know, where like I see the thing on stage. Like, huh, is that where I'm going? I go out there. And it's a lucite, you know, table. I see across me. They didn't tell me anything. They were like, "Hey, who do you want to talk about?" I was like, "I don't know." A couple of pictures. I have like a, uh, I've ripped off a page and have these scrawled notes. And like, I bring my little like folded piece of paper, try and get it on the the table. I look over. It's Bill Pedo, who I've watched for years on Sports Center. Like, he's just next to me right now, you know. And then I see like I'm blinded by lights. I see shadows of just everyone. I have no idea what's going on. They give me a mic. They put me in the chair and they say, okay, you're going to talk about the pictures. I'm like, okay. And I do it for like two minutes and I stutter. I'm so nervous. I'm like, I remember like they're counting on five seconds and I'm like, Nick, you cannot mess this up and not that clean. Uh, definitely some other words were in there. And I guess I, like, I was expecting them to say cut multiple times. As I couldn't say Masahiro Tanaka, I want to say Madison Bumgarner, but I didn't. And like, it was horrible. And then they all gave high fives, not to me, because apparently this was the first ever segment for a new show. Oh, I was God. the very first one. And like all the executives of MSG were there. And and all this stuff. Bill Pito at the end of it calls me Noah Pollock. <laughs> 
And like, and at the end, he says, you know, it goes off and he goes, wait, is your name Noah? Or is it Nick? I'm like, it, it's, don't worry. Like, it's like, oh my God, is it Nick? And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Bill Pito owes me something. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> and I, I remember getting out of there as soon as I could. Cause it's just like when something goes well, like I don't, I'm going to take that and I'm going to leave right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to let me do it again, but they just kept letting me do that for, for three months. It was what the hell, man. That, like, they didn't even tell me anything. They were just like, here, just go here, sit there, do that. I'm like, is that your first time on TV? He said, like, the next day, I'm like, yes, Bill, the first time. <laughs> and I called you Noah? Yes, it's okay. It's totally fine. Oh, my God. So, yeah, end of the day, Mason, thank you. Um, and here I said, like, 15 minutes ago that we're going to cut it off, and no, it didn't happen. Um, I, I've told yeah. people, uh, I've, already, I've started telling people recently, like, if you've never had me on your podcast and you quote me how long your podcast is going to be, expect that it's going to be the longest podcast you've right. ever done. Yeah, I'm I mean, just. It's, it's me and you combined? Yeah, you know? no. It's, no, like, if we did a podcast regularly together, it would be oh, just man. marathon episodes. I'm yeah. not opposed to this either. Me neither. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, how can I do more podcasts? Uh, <laughs> podcasting is wonderful. But all right, Mason, this is this has been amazing. Um, I mean, you're on the short list of the people I need to get right away. Uh, and if you guys didn't notice, I mean, even like the, the second and third episodes were from PitchCon. So this is actually like the third episode uh, when it comes to like actually sitting down. Who, 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 were, on the, who were on the first uh, four? First was Spore. Oh, okay. Spore was that the very sense. first one. And then the second one was me talking to Eno at PitchCon. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was Pitching Ninja from PitchCon. No. And then fourth was Yancey Eaton of Yancey Eaton fame. Yes, Yancey Eaton fame, and yes. Then, and then it's you. I have and a couple other people I put out some flyers for, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get, I have to get Justin Mason right away. <laughs> this is, like, obvious. <laughs> uh, so I'm really, really happy you took the time, man, and I can't thank you enough. Of course. I, I love talking to you, buddy, and I do miss hanging out with you. Oh. I can't wait until... I'm I'm in your arms again. Oh uh, man! Well, yeah, maybe you can. We can do the reverse of you and Alex, where mm-hmm. you are Alex and I'm you. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe and that makes that, that would make a little bit more sense considering you're taller than me. Uh, so we can we uh, can definitely try. I don't know that you can hold me in the yeah, way that you, I. You don't want to lean against my bony arms, like it's not. Well, it's, I mean, it's, there there there's an <laughs> unspoken love between me and Alex that just of made course. that so natural. Yeah, it was. Um, I think I took the photo of the photo, oh. um, which is pretty fun and amazing too. But yeah, guys, I mean, follow everything that Mason does. Uh, it goes without saying. Um, Friends with Fancy Benefits, uh, TGFBI podcast, Fangraphs, etc. Uh, at Justin Mason FWFB. Correct. Um, all of that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.